Hi everybody and welcome to the Mental Toughness and Body Show. My name is Rob Evans and I'm your weight loss coach, health strategist, internationally published author, helping take your mindset, your life, your body, your business from where you are right now to becoming unstoppable and getting to where it is that you want to get to. Today's topic is about the biggest mistakes of my life. And you may hear that and think, oh boy, that's uplifting. Or you may think, oh great, that's fantastic. I'd love to hear about all your stuff-ups that you've made. I think either way, you're going to learn more about me, perhaps learn more about yourself as well. And there's a reason that I'm doing this. Because where I've had most of my learning in life, it has come from the mistakes that I've made. The stuff-ups, the errors, the moments of, oh my God, I can't believe I did that, I said that, I didn't do that. Because life is so precious and if we don't stop and reflect back on what we've done or not done, then how can we possibly move forward? And for some of these events, they may have happened decades ago and it's only now as I mature, if you like, as I get more knowledge, as I become more of an influence on people's lives that I realize that, hang on a second, this was a mistake that I made back then. So let's get into it. The first one, probably the first recollection that I have of the biggest mistake that I ever made was I was bullied as a a child. And then that continued on to when I was in And when I say continued on, it wasn't like it was a daily occurrence from childhood into adulthood, but it uh, occurred again when I was in adulthood. And in both instances, I never stood up to the bully. I never said anything. I never felt like that I had the courage to stand up to them and really defend myself. I felt helpless. I felt hopeless. I felt humiliated and my immediate response was to retreat from the situation and that's what I did. I literally turned and walked away. And I look at that and I think, what would the circumstances be in my life now if I had have handled those things differently? What if it had have involved me getting into a bit of a, a fisticuff fight with the person at the time to prove to them that I couldn't be pushed around. I wonder. Now I'm going to come back to all of these in a moment, but I'm going to tell you what they all are to start with. The second one, I've listed six. You think, boy, you might be thinking, boy, you've had six or boy, you've only had six. I'm sure I've had way more than six, but these are the ones that are probably the most resonating with my mind as I'm thinking about this topic. Uh, The second one, now this requires a little bit of a backstory and it's probably going to surprise you a little bit, but I used to play the bagpipes and I know that that's an unusual instrument and offensively loud and you might say, that explains why you were bullied. And well, the reason that I was bullied was because I was different. Uh, I was short, I was the shortest one in the school, and yes, I played an offensively loud instrument as well, Uh, but that was my thing when I was a kid, I was good. 
Like I was really good. And my goal from a very young age, like from the age of 11, I wanted to become competitive. And I didn't, well, until I started, I didn't know that there were competitions that you could play in to play the bagpipes. And so I wanted to be the best. And I got to the stage where I was the best in Australia and I won through uh, various grades, every level from learner through to the top grade, which was open. And I then wanted to uh, play in the world championships, which are held in Scotland every year in Glasgow. And uh, I had that opportunity in 1990 to be able to do that and compete uh, with a band. And I became an honorary member of uh, the Victoria Police Pipe Band. And I worked so hard uh, to get to that point. Like I had been playing for probably 10 years by the time I got to, to that stage. I had to work so hard to be selected. And the guy that I lived with who helped me get into the band, I was selected over him and some other people as well to play uh, in the, uh, you know, on the day of the competition. And I remember putting so much pressure on myself uh, on the day of the, the competition. And uh, we had to compete twice. And on the first time that I competed, well, actually what happens is you, you compete once and then you basically march from one spot over to another as a band formation, then you compete again. And uh, I remember making a mistake. I, I forgot the, um, you know, the line of the music and I replayed. So basically imagine that you've got um, uh, these eight bars of music and I rather than play them, play them through twice, I played them through three times and I made a, made a mistake. Now the judges are standing right, virtually right next to you. Now they weren't standing next to me at the time that I made the mistake, but when you hear the recording back, you can hear that there is a mistake that's made. Uh, so that was, a, that was a huge moment for me um, because I felt like I'd let down the band, I'd let down myself. I'd obviously travels uh, at great expense and time to get there and uh, that, was, that was a big one for me. So uh, it was a huge achievement to be able to get there. And when I made a mistake, it was like, oh man, what have you done? I'm going to come back to that one. Number three. All right. Now, I'm sure everybody can relate to this one. This one I'm just calling marriage and relationships. Uh, now, I was 23 before I had my first girlfriend. And the, there's a whole other backstory to that because of the bullying, the, the poor self-image, the lack of uh, self-confidence uh, that I had. I just And every girl that I'd ever asked out up to that point had said no. So I wasn't beaming with confidence, so I just retreated into myself for a number of years and just said, you know what, I'm not even going to ask. And that's what I did. And so then when uh, my second girlfriend, I, I married her, and we were together, and that's Angela, that's the girl's mum. And we were married for, well, we were together for 20 years, I think we were married for about 18 years, something like that. And there were... Look, ideally, I would have wanted to uh, perhaps, uh, well, actually, I wanted her to be able to live by herself away from the family home for a couple of years, really, before we got married. But that wasn't going to happen. She came from Italian parents and they didn't want her to move out. And so she effectively came straight from 
uh, living at home to living with me. And I took over the role of her mother and I, I just did everything. And uh, I think that was, that was a mistake. Uh, uh, like 18, 20 years later, uh, we, we divorced my decision. And uh, whether the, well, I guess there was lots of mistakes through all of the relationship. I mean, in terms of uh, things that were said, things that weren't said. And uh, I got to the point where after many years of, of trying to, six and a half in fact, of trying to make things work in a way that uh, they would work for both of us, but uh, they'd take me to a place where I was you know, just really happy and fulfilled. And I just couldn't get there. And uh, the, the decision was made to uh, you know, just separate and leave. And that was really heartbreaking from the perspective of the impact that it had on my girls at the time. Uh, so Emily would have been, I think, seven, Olivia four, something like that. Uh, maybe it was something like that, maybe five, seven, around that age. And I still remember to this day uh, how Emily broke down and cried uh, when I, I told her. We all sat down at the table. I told her she was really upset and it was really painful. And then, so I'll just leave that one for there. And then like future relationships, so I've, you know, I haven't had a lot of relationships. I've had, um, or oh, three. This may be giving you too much personal information, but I've had three partners uh, since that time. Each one, uh, 18 18 months, 12 months. Um, my last one, uh, Cherie, she was about th well, three years we were together. And uh, again, I, I think as we go through life as humans, we're learning things all the time. And I think communication is one of those things that we, we need to constantly work on, the communication with ourselves and the communication that we have with our, our intimate partners as well. And I think I've uh, been working out through my life the things that I really want to have in my life and uh, the qualities in people that I want to have in my life. And I guess I haven't really found that um, exactly right fit uh, at the moment. And so uh, once again, I think s several uh, mistakes have been made by me throughout those relationships. Uh, that have you know gotten me to the point, and some of them I shouldn't have started. Uh, if I'm honest, uh, they just shouldn't have started. And uh, I'm a very loyal and committed person. And once I commit, you know, I'm I'm there. Uh, but sometimes you get to that point where you can bear no more pain, and it's you know it's time to give up. And I believe. Uh, honestly, that most people tend to give up too quickly in relationships. So I don't think I'm that person. Uh, I, I believe in success and I believe that uh, relationships require uh, a lot of work on, on both sides and they can't be happy and joyful all the time. There's always going to be challenge and things that are going to make you uncomfortable. And we know that that's what makes us better. Uh, but I guess when your, your values and your belief system are compromised, then uh, you know, th things don't necessarily work out. And look, they haven't all been my decision. Um, 
to, to leave the, the relationships. They just haven't, they haven't worked out for either on both sides. So uh, that would be number three. That's a big one because that's painful because it's emotional, it's personal. Uh, number four kind of relates to this one, I guess, and that's leaving things unsaid. Uh, I think I have big regrets there and I could relate that back to uh, the, uh, the bullying, you know, not saying things when I should have said things, really should have stood up for myself. Uh, I guess I was looking for someone else to stand up for me back then, whether it be teachers, other kids, whatever, uh, but they didn't do that and I chose not to do that for myself. And I think, uh, again, in relationships, in business, uh, in the work sense before I had my own business, uh, there are many things that I left unsaid and shouldn't have. And it's not about being hurtful in saying those things. I think it's about uh, being respectful for everybody. Uh, I'm always very professional, so doing it in a way that doesn't just hurt people for the sake of hurting them. It's about sharing your feelings. It's about sharing your thoughts as well. It's not just emotional things. It's, it's about ideas that you may just leave on the table. And when you get into that habit of not saying things, that does become a habit and it's not a good one. And I don't mean just talking mindlessly without thinking about stuff. I, if anything, I overthink things. Uh, but I think I could strike a better balance between thinking and speaking more. And that's, that's where I've made mistakes in the past. Another big one, my fifth one, was, uh, I've mentioned this before in the context of reading, uh, just not getting into reading early enough in my life, um, or sticking to it, I should say, because I picked up a great book uh, when I was about 16, but I put it down when I was 16, and I never read it. And I never continued to read. And I didn't realise the importance of that. And I wish that I had uh, perhaps parents that guided me that way or a coach or a mentor or somebody that showed me the importance of reading and how I could shape uh, the person that, that I now am and could have been faster uh, by just getting reading. So that's another one. And number six, the last one would be not connecting with my parents more when I was uh, younger or then as I was an adult as well. They've both passed away now. And I, I don't know why that was. Uh, maybe it was because I saw the conflict between mum and dad and their, their parents from time to time. Uh, maybe they wasn't encouraged enough at home from an early age to just have those discussions. I'm not really sure, but it certainly is a regret and a mistake that I didn't force myself to connect with my parents and my grandparents more. I think you're, you're looking to get on with your, your life and the things that you're doing and the parents and grandparents are just seen as old distractions or perhaps obstacles that are getting in the way and stopping you from doing the things that you want to do. And maybe it does come down to... Uh, the parenting style and uh, mum's parenting style was a, a bit abrasive uh, from time to time. Um, very beautiful person, but the style when I was younger was certainly felt very abrasive. I think she changed her style over time, but 
it it didn't feel good for a, a lot of the time, and I guess that meant uh, perhaps pulling away and not wanting to disclose and discuss things. Um, so th- they would be, in a snapshot, the top six biggest mistakes of my life. Now, I want to go back and say what's fantastic about all of this. And let me go through them one by one. Being bullied, incredibly painful. But as you probably already know, what happens with pain? Pain provides an opportunity. Pain provides that opportunity for you to, to grow and learn from that experience and make something great out of it. Just like COVID right now. So much pain for so many people around the world, but there is so much opportunity there if you want to see it. Now, if I wasn't bullied, if the last bully didn't threaten to kill me, and the fact that I walked away from each situation humiliated, hopeless, feeling, uh, well, humiliated is probably the best word, and immobilized that I just didn't do anything, that got to the point where it caused me so much pain that I said, I'm not going to put up with this any longer and I'm going to do something about it. And if I wasn't bullied, I wouldn't be talking to you right now because I wouldn't have gone to join a gym a couple of days later because I read this article in the newspaper. I wouldn't have been so focused on changing my body because I felt like if I was bigger, I couldn't get taller, but if I could get bigger, more muscular, then I would feel more confident about my body and who I was. If I was bigger and more muscular, then more girls would like me. If I changed this physical part of me, then I would be a better person and be a success. That was the message that I told myself. And that has led to me having a lifelong love affair with body transformation, nutrition, health, mindset. Because it was years later that I worked out, hang on, this wasn't about the physical you at all, ever. You thought it was, but it was really about the mindset. It was how you spoke to yourself. It was that self-image that you had of yourself. Even though I did change the physical me, it was the inner me that changed more. So I'm so thankful to the bullies because I wouldn't have been in so much pain that I forced myself to change. Number two about making the mistake in the world championships. What that made me realize is that I'd put so much pressure on myself that I lost my focus. And guess what? I went into that particular set of music saying this to myself, don't make a mistake, 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 don't make a mistake. And guess what? I made a freaking mistake. So after that experience, I realized that I've just been on the world stage. I've stuffed up, but what can I learn from it? And I thought, well, what would I do differently next time if I was in a high pressure situation? And I said, okay, well, maybe if I use some relaxation, some, um, some techniques on myself to block out whatever the else is going on around me, because there was so much tension in each player and uh, you know, the leaders and everything up to walking out onto the competition field uh, that uh, I think 
not just me, but we were, a number of us were just so worked up that we were like ticking time bombs. And I thought, well, you've got to be able to uh, focus on what's important, enjoy the moment, have fun, and just know that you know it because you've practiced it thousands of times and just do the work. And that has worked for me in a number of situations. I'll give you another example with that where I, I implemented the learnings. And that was when I had the chance to interview Brooke Shields back in 2018 over in LA at Mega Success um, in front of 2,500 people. And so we had to come up with our questions. So it was a bit different in 2019, JT uh, came up with the questions. But in 2018, we had to come up with the questions. And we were just kind of picked at random as to who would go first, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I really wanted to go first because I thought, well, um, there was no guarantee that no one, were, uh, no one else was going to ask my question. And if they asked my question, then it looked silly. And we'd seen some examples of that with some other celebrities, uh, you know, in the, uh, the days before uh, Brooke. And so I think I was about sixth or seventh or or something like that, uh, to go up on stage and interview her. And, I rem- and nobody had asked my question, which was fantastic. Uh, so I'm standing at the edge of the stage. Brenda called me up, and I've got one foot on the, sta- uh, one foot on the step, a hand on the, the rail to take a step up, and I'm waiting for uh, the person in front of me, which is Nina, actually, uh, to finish, and me to go on. She passed me the microphone, etc. And some people had their questions written down and they were reading their question. I thought, no, that's, um, well, not to prejudge anyone that has done that before, but I thought to myself, that's unprofessional. It's one question, I can remember it. And I had been practicing it so that I remembered it word for word, so I didn't mess it up all day or the hours beforehand, but you didn't have that much notice. And of course, there's a lot of tension uh, in our group, because we're all about to go on and ask a A-list celebrity question. And so I'm standing there, and we're about 20 seconds. I can see the timer counting down. There's about 20 seconds to go. And my mind went blank. And I'm like, I can't remember my question. What's going on? What was I going to ask her? Oh, crap. I can't think of what it was. And I'm rattling my brain, trying to think about it. And then in a flash, I went back to the World Championships and it just imagine like flashing or flicking through a book really fast. You know how you see the page go as you flick through it? And I had all these memories going through my mind back to breathe. Focus on your breathing. And that's what I did, a big deep breaths. I think I took two or three in through the nose, held it for a moment, breathe out through the mouth, close my eyes for a moment and just calm down. And then guess what? My memory came back (laughs) just like that. So I learned from that world championship moment to how to get hold of my emotions, my mindset, my adrenaline to control it, harness it, and use it for good rather than evil and messing it up. Number three, in terms of the marriage and relationships, well, I think any, any relationship, like intimate relationship that you have, 
hopefully none of them have been mistakes for you. I don't think that any of mine, look, I have no regrets, because I don't think that's fair on the person that I was with. And you live and learn from each, each person, each relationship, whether it's an intimate relationship or not, you live and learn uh, something about yourself and the person uh, which you can use uh, later in life to become a, a greater version of yourself. And I think that's the way that I, I look at it. I've had some incredibly loving relationships. So you hear people say, I've never been in love before. I have. I've been in love with every person that I have been a partner with. Uh, and I've loved them all very deeply. And um, you know, on one level, I still love them all. Uh, but obviously life changes. I think I, I've learned how to become a better person, a better partner uh, with, each, which, with each relationship. I think one of the, with some of this links to uh, uh, the next one. I would, so let me link this one in now about things uh, being left unsaid. Many of the things in relationships I found, especially in my very first relationship, uh, there were many things that I left unsaid. And if I reflect back now, I would say that happened because of my lack of self-confidence, which led, you know, came back to the bullying and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I kind of lost who I was as a child. And when my first girlfriend was 23, so well, you weren't a child then, but that was my first girlfriend. And I didn't, I hadn't really ever had that many conversations with, uh, with women. Um, certainly not to the point where I get to the stage of dating one of them. I just, I didn't know what to do. And if you don't know what to do, how do you know what to do? You make it up as you go along and you just hope for the best. And uh, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but each time I've, I've learned more about myself, I've learned about what's important to me. I've learned that not everybody has the same value and belief system as you, and that's okay. And I think you get to that point where you've got tolerances of, well, it's okay for that value and belief to be different, but if this one is different, then that's, a, that's kind of a game changer, a game breaker. Um, not that this was relevant for me, but I'm, I'm talking about, say, something like one of you likes to take drugs and the other one doesn't. Then it's like, well, okay, that's probably not going to work. And that's a deal breaker uh, for me. Like things like uh, addiction abuse or gambling or those things. Now, I haven't been in any of those situations before you start thinking that, but just to use that as, a, as an example. And so I, I think certainly from my last relationship, I think there were, were things where... Uh, again, I, th I left them unsaid uh, for too long and I didn't, I didn't stand up for myself. And I, one of the things I, I have learned is uh, you shouldn't go into a relationship wanting to change somebody. You uh, need to accept, go into a relationship accepting people for who they are, where they are at that time. Uh, because if you, the coach in me, this is a trap, the coach in me always wants to bring out the best version in someone else. And I don't know, you probably shouldn't be doing that in a partner, thinking that, okay, I can take you from here to here and you'll think I'm amazing. Uh, that's not really a smart plan. If that happens as a, a result of you thriving together and growing together, then I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. But um, don't go into a relationship wanting to change someone. But guess what? 
recipe for disaster. And I think that's what I've done on a, a couple of occasions. Well, actually, if I look at every relationship, probably on, at some level, I've always wanted to do that because it's my continuous improvement uh, type of mindset. And um, yeah, that can, be, that can be dangerous. So um, it's taught me a lot about uh, what my tolerance is for pain and uh, where I should be uh, stepping back and accepting and where I should be stepping up and saying that this behaviour or whatever it is, comments, is just not acceptable to me. It's not, it's not okay to do that. And I think on some level, in, at some point in those relationships, I've probably, again, I've felt like I've, I've kind of been a bit bullied and said, Do you know what, it's just easier for me when it gets tough to not say anything. So one of the things that I have learned is to communicate more effectively and not be a silent person and to uh, speak my mind uh, in, a, in a calm way. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, ranting and raving and stuff, but um, certainly leaving things unsaid is a, has been a big, a big mistake of mine and I've learned from that to make sure that you've got to be your own hero in every situation in life. And uh, you know, where there's been, there's been family violence in, in um, uh, you know, relationships as well. And uh, there's been police involved and there's been uh, you know, crazy exes and, and stuff. I'm, I'm kind of generalizing here because I don't want to you know, protect people's um, uh, you know, uh, privacy. Uh, and there, there have been things in those situations where I believe I've taken the right action at the right time. And uh, I probably should have said more uh, to the person that was doing that. Again, the bullying, the violence, uh, whatever, should have done, done more to, uh, at that time, to put that person in their place. But my response at the time was, I'll get the police to put you in your place. And um, there's probably, I could have done a little bit more in those situations, but certainly uh, having that voice has been really important for me. And uh, I continue to have that voice. Number five was about reading uh, or not reading. And I, I can't turn back the hands of time, but what I can do is make sure that I pass this gift of reading on to all of those that I know, including my, my children, and making sure that I can continue to read myself uh, because it's a beautiful gift to give to yourself and you can always learn. There's always learning to be had. So uh, I think I've learnt from, from that to say, well, at least I can do it now. And uh, the last one about not, not connecting with my parents. Again, my parents are gone now. My grandparents are gone. I can't do anything about that apart from stay connected with my own girls, my own kids. And well, to be honest, when I've had um, partners before connecting with their kids as well, uh, because most people don't have an awesome relationship with their, with, their, uh, with their parents. And I don't want my girls to be like that. I mean, I changed my whole life, my career, so that I could be spending more time with the kids, so that they didn't get into a situation where I was, where I don't really remember doing anything with my dad. 
like a couple of things out in the shed, but not really doing anything. I can remember a heap of things I did with mum, uh, but not with dad. And I thought, that's really sad. And I, I didn't want my girls to have those same memories. So that's why I changed career uh, to do what I do now, to give me the flexibility, follow my passion. And I want them to see what it means to be able to follow your passion. Neither of them want to run their own business at this point in their life, but neither did I at their age, goodness. I was 40 before I made that decision. Uh, But I do want them to understand what it means to be successful, what it means to be looking after your health, giving them those tools and strategies so that they can be in a better place uh, than uh, than I am at their, uh, you know, at my age. So that by the time they're my age, they're they're way more successful. I mean, that's, I think and happy, and I think that's a, a key as a parent uh, that you know you've been successful if you've been able to take them there and put them there. Uh, so, and hopefully through that journey, they will remain connected with me because of the love that I give them and and so forth. So. The message here today is that it doesn't matter if you make mistakes. In fact, if you don't make mistakes, you're probably not trying hard enough. Have I made any of those same mistakes again? I would say no. If you look at the relationship one, I don't think I've made the same mistakes. I've made different mistakes as I've, I've learned. I'm learning the hard way there. Uh, but I have, they've all, each one of those that I've just mentioned have been really, really painful moments in my life, but it's through that pain that I decided to make a change and life has gotten better as a result of making that change and that's where the power is. And this is why life is such a beautiful gift and why mistake making is our subconscious or conscious mind, if you like, telling us that, yeah, you messed up, but I'm telling you that you messed up so that you realize that you messed up and so that you won't do the same thing again. And so that you'll learn from this and you'll become a better version of yourself and a leader for others as a result of these mistakes. So that's my story. If you want to know how you can connect with me on a bigger scale, then go to the mentaltoughnessandbodyshow.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page, click on the link and you can opt in for a free consultation with me. And I would love to connect with you personally. Have a great day wherever you are. I know this one's been a little bit longer, but it's been worth it. I hope you've got some real value out of this. I'll see you soon.